layer onto that technical factors that I'm watching that may give me some indication, you know, as to whether or not this rally is going to continue. Welcome, Land of Arcadia Economics. My name is Dave Kranzler, and this is yet another episode of my bi-weekly Arcadia Economics podcast. And today I thought that might be kind of interesting, and this is in response to a lot of inquiries from, from my subscribers lately, and a, a couple of mining stock executives who asked me what I thought about the market here. Um, everyone seems to want to know if this current rally in the precious metals sector is sustainable? Well, the simple answer is, I have no idea. I don't know. This isn't science. It's not mathematical formulas, even though a lot of people might want you to believe that, that are going to tell us whether or not it's we're moving higher or, or lower or sideways. Um, what I will say is I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass about Bank of America having to cover some ginormous short position in physical silver that'll drive the silver price to the moon. That I'm pretty sure isn't the case. But I think, or what I like to do, and, and what I've tried to do for the last 22 years that I've been involved in this sector is, is kind of look at the fundamental factors that that drive the precious metals prices and and layer onto that technical factors that I'm watching that may give me some indication you know as to whether or not this rally is going to continue and again it's 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 uh it's 95 percent art five percent science so um take this you know take it with a grain of salt everything i'm going to say here is is based on is my opinion or my thought process um but what I will say is we've had a, a nice rally so far. And so obviously the $64,000 question is where to from here. So first, I uh, want to just mention that this episode is sponsored by Silver Viper, which you can find at VIPRF on the OTC Bulletin Board and VIPR.V on the Toronto Venture Exchange. And Silver Viper is advancing its La Virginia project in Sonora, Mexico. And it's, it's an example of an extraordinarily cheap junior mining stock, cheap, cheap market cap wise and cheap dollar price wise, I should say penny stock price wise. And if we do, if we do get a nice move higher in silver, something into the high 20s, low 30s, you know, and even higher from there. This is the kind of stock that'll catch fire because it's it's the type of stock that regardless of whether there's merit or not, you know, um, momentum investors and speculators will pile into it. That said, I, I do think that there is merit to investing in this stock, especially at the current market cap level. It's got an existing decent grade resource and it's getting ready to embark on another drill program to expand upon its maiden resource estimate. So back to the, the main show, um, I wanna just kind of review the fundamentals right now that I see driving the precious metal sector. I forgot to share this. There's, there's Silver Viper and the sign on its uh, La Virginia project in Sonora, Mexico. Um, 
One of the things that's occurred, especially since the last FOMC meeting, or I should just preface it with, um, I mean, the overall financial conditions and financial setup, fiscally and monetarily, are as bullish as as I've seen or witnessed in the last 20, 22 years. And they, it just keeps getting stronger every day. And as this chart shows, the this is the Chicago Fed National Financial Conditions Index. It, it, it's a agglomeration of the Fed funds rate, 10-year treasury yield, mortgage rates, triple B corporate bond yield. I think it's an index on a triple B corporate index. Um, the stock market, housing price index, as uh, you know, most of us know, the housing prices have been somewhat sticky, although I know new home builders are slashing prices furiously. Uh, and the dollar index, and it's it's it measures the overall financial conditions that in in, in the banking system and, and the financial markets. And I mean, it's above this line, conditions are considered tight, and below it, they're loose. And currently, they're looser than a K Street hooker in D.C. Um, and they they were starting to head getting tighter, and that's when the stock market started blowing up. It's when the 10-year yield uh, hit 5%. I think it's back down to around 435 or 440, if I recall from earlier today. Um, and it's heading south again. And in my opinion, this, this is a reflection somewhat of Fed monetary policy. And that kind of brings me to my next point, I think. QE quantitative easing is is it's kind of an optical illusion, and you can go onto the Fed website and obviously pull up the Fed balance sheet, and the Fed has brought down the size of its balance sheet from from where it was at its peak at almost nine trillion dollars, but it it it's an optical illusion in the sense that the Fed is still finding ways to inject liquidity into the banking system, and. I think it was last episode I reviewed why I think the banking system is is in, uh, you know, a big crisis is percolating and it's going to lead to a, a blow up like in 2008, the banking system. One indicator of this is the fact that, you know, the Fed is deviously injecting liquidity into the system. I mean, obviously, last March, it, it dumped 400 billion right away in response to the regional bank crisis and then it established that uh, bank term funding program, which I don't think there's a ceiling on the size of it. Um, and it's 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 a way to for, for banks to exchange their their long term hold to maturity securities that are trading at, you know, 15, 20 percent discount to face value um, in exchange for liquidity when, when they need that. So they don't have to sell these securities and take a huge loss. Now, the original cover story was that it was so that you know there's been massive deposit outflows out of these banks, and as I showed last time, it's somewhat true now. It's not true anymore at all for the regional banks. They're they're getting deposit inflows. So why is this bank term funding program? Why is the facility hitting a new record high every every week now, pretty much? And to me, that's an indication that that there's um, you know a liquidity issue in the banking system. And this program is a way for the Fed to inject liquidity into the banking system, regardless of whether or not it continues to shrink its balance sheet. Um, 
The other thing that's interesting is that the Fed has been participating in recent Treasury auctions just, I think it was earlier this week. Yeah, we had a huge rally in the stock market. Well, guess what? The, the Fed took down $5 billion in, in Treasury bills that were auctioned. Well, you know, to to an extent that, pat, you know, that, you know, they, they, that, that that liquidity is supposed to get passed on to the treasury but it goes through the banking system first and and that i'm pretty sure that's why the stock market had a torrid rally i think it was on let's see i'm recording this on wednesday november 29th and and that was on monday um and then there was a seven-year bond auction yesterday treasury bond auction and and the fed bid on i don't know something like 500 million of it, which isn't a lot, but it kind of tells you that um, the interest from from invest the investing community wasn't wasn't big enough, and the banks are supposed to take the rest, but they didn't. The Fed took 500 million of it, so it's just you know again, it's it's another way for the Fed to kind of backdoor liquidity into the banking system. And then there's real rates, real interest rates. Now, for me, this is kind of a, a controversial. This is kind of a, a controversial topic because you keep hearing that real rates went positive, and and the calculus is based on um, break evens between the ten year Treasury bond and the ten year tips. And it's it's a flawed metric because it's the, the tips rate is based on the consumer price index, and we know this consumer price index is a, is a complete fraud. They tried to tell us that in October healthcare premiums dropped thirty four percent year over year. I know for a fact that's not true, and, and so I mean the the, CP, the CPI itself is rigged. It doesn't at all reflect real inflation. The real inflation rate, and there's a couple different ways or you know entities that put out their their approximation of it, but I just I just fall back on John Williams' shadow statistics, um, alternative CPI calculus. He calculates it the way the government did in 1990 and the way the government did in 1980. And if you in that in 1980s around the time when the government started monkeying around with the index to mute inflation and, and or to mute the the reporting of and the official reporting of inflation. Um, but his alternative calculus, which is the way the government would have calculated it in 1980, is showing inflation rate that's closer to 12%. So quite simply, you take the 5% or 5.5% Fed funds rate, subtract the 12%, and you're at 6.5% uh, real negative rates. Now, um, real rates are, negative real rates are like rocket fuel for gold. And, you know, via the, the, the real rates have been negative for quite some time. We know there's an effort to control the gold price and it's, it's been working so far um, for the most part. You know, we're still higher than we were um, at, at the bottom of, of, the, of the pandemic pandemic crisis where gold got down, I think as low as like 1600. So we're, we're at 22,050 bucks or whatever today um so th they're not having 100 percent success containing the the price of gold but um i think it's going to get harder for them as these financial conditions which are looser than a k street hooker 
and um, continue to loosen and and as real interest rates become more negative. So those are the fundamentals that I'm looking at um, in terms of what I think potentially will will drive this this move, this current move in the precious metals sector higher. Um, and I thought I would take a look at some some technicals that I that I like to look at. Um, you know, again, this it's not rocket science. It's not even science. It's it's you know, um, lick your finger and stick it in the wind. Um, but one thing that I'd like to see is there's been three attempts by the price of gold since you know since 20 you know mid 2020 to get above 2100 and stay above 2100 you know and you know technics i love it because see this is this is why technical analysis is you know half half bogus because th there'd be a lot of people out there saying oh the triple top here it's going lower well no yeah there was a triple top but no it really hasn't gone lower. In fact, we're getting ready to test 2100 for a fourth time. Um, but I would like to see the price of gold get above 2100. You know, I don't care if it bounces around the 20, you know, above and below it um, for a little bit of time, but I'd like to see it get above it and then move higher from there. Um, the second thing, or I just wanted to kind of blow that up because we've all been looking at this massive cup and handle um in in the gold price chart and um this the, the top panel here is from 2001 to 2011 you can see there was a period of time and this is this is right around sorry the numbers aren't clear this this is right around the 2007 2008 period um that i equate the current period too, from a from a financial markets and banking system standpoint, um, you know, to right now, and and you can see there was a similar kind of triple quadruple top formation that broke out, and we ran up to a record high. I think it was, I think gold peaked at, uh, don't quote me on this, nineteen fifty or something like that, whatever. Um, but you can see. You know, you can almost, if you blew this part up, you could almost overlay it on here. We have the same damn thing. So uh, I call this JP Morgan's and HSBC's uh, Frankenstein, because if this breaks out, both of these banks are probably screwed considering the degree to which they have um, short positions in, in paper gold derivatives and, and silver for that matter. Um, the next chart, just kind of uh, drew this up and it, it shows you know that that gold cup and handle formation and i overlaid the amex gold bugs index i think i might have shown this last time i've got a twist that i added to it um and as you can see gold the mining stocks were um just as a side i'm using amex gold bug index because it goes way back in time gld started in 2006. If GLD went back to 2000, I would be using GLD because it's it's a more broad index and probably a more accurate reflection of of the mining stock sector as a whole. But um, you know the, the 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 mining stocks were you know calm. I wouldn't say overvalued, but valued more highly than gold. 
during that first bull run from, from 2001 to 2011. And ever since then, when we had the four and a half year brutal bear, bear market in the sector, the mining stocks have been undervalued. And, you know, that's the reasons, why, in my view on the reasons why, it's a whole new um, topic of discussion. Maybe I'll do it in two weeks, if I remember. Um, but this bottom panel here, so I guess my point is here, and I, I could show a gold-Huey ratio, and it would show the same thing. Mining stocks are undervalued relative to the price of gold in the context of the last 22 years. Um, but the same thing is true for the overall stock market. This this is an index that, or a, a ratio of the S&P 500 to the Amex Gold Bugs Index, and this goes back to 2001 as well. And you know the green line kind of represents the, the area where um, the stock market, I'm just going to refer to the S&P 500 as the stock market or stocks in general, are expensive relative to the mining stocks. Or said another way, mining stocks are very cheap relative to the rest of the stock market. And then the red line is is kind of the vice versa. Well, I mean, you can see the, the this ratio is kind of bumped up a, a, to the mining stocks are cheap level several times since... Uh, 2020 late 2015 and when this ratio low goes down that means the mining stocks are rallying well um they're they're both going up together at this point right now since the mining stocks started this nice rally that we're in and so the mining stocks are still cheap relative to the rest of the stock market i believe this is a situation that's going to correct and i think it's, it's going to correct with the stock market heading south um, unless the Fed rolls out QE and then everything goes goes a lot higher, but the mining stocks will go up um, 3x versus the rest of the stock market. Or we'll have the mining stocks continue higher and while well, the rest of the stock market heads south. That, that happened between um, late October 2008 and... Mar mid-March 2009, where the S&P went on to hit a new low after QE started in in late October that year, in 2008, and and the mining stocks um, in, in that time period, November and December, um, the Amex Gold Bucks Index doubled, and GDX more than doubled. So um, that that's kind of the scenario that I think will happen, but again, who knows? Um, my point here is, is that right now the mining stocks are cheap relative to the rest of the stock market. And it's it's another indicator to me that I'm looking at that tells tells me that, you know, the rally that we're in now could continue. That doesn't mean it's going to continue continuously. Uh, and I, I think I show that in the next chart. Yeah. So this, this is the last chart. Um, and this this is just a five year daily chart of GDX. and um, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, technical fun buttons, if you will, on here, and I just drew some lines in here. Again, I, I'm not a big fan of geometric analysis of, of charts for investing purposes, but in, in some ways they are useful, and certainly um, a, a large audience in the market follows this and trades on it. So um, what I'd like to see is for GDX to kind of get into the high 30s and move higher from there. And then 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 it's like, you know, go on margin on mining stocks, because then I think we're in a bona fide 
bullish stampede. And um, I've having lived through um, probably three or four of these in the last 21 years, 22 years, they're a lot of fun and you can make a lot of money. Of course, you can't get greedy like I've done most of the time and not and not even come close to selling at the top or taking profits. But um, when we're in that type of market, it's going to feel like it's going to it's going to be like the dot com um, stocks were during the peak of the tech bubble or the recent the recent run up in the AI stocks. It's going to feel like these things are, can go up forever. And, you know, you're going to have five Rolls Royces in the garage if you just hang on. Um, but let's get to that point And then I'll throw out some suggestions for how to take, you know, for, you know, why you might want to take profits on that. Um, but at any rate, um, I guess the first level I'd like to see breached with GDX is this 36 area. There, there's a, a, a gap here to fill to the downside that goes back to... Looks like April of 2022. Um, and so for me, that, that's the first thing that needs to happen. And then there's kind of this downtrend here that right now crosses it at, at 38. So that's really the line I'd like to see GDX get over and move higher from there. Now, I, as I said, it's not going to go straight up. And right now, the RSI is telling us that the sector is um, a little bit overbought now. And again, these these overbought, underbought indicators, momentum indicators, um, they're not they're not foolproof. Although a lot of TA guys would want to tell you that they are, um, they can stay. You know, sectors and stocks can stay overbought for a long time, um, as we've seen with the tech stocks. Um, but just as interesting to me, and and well, maybe more interesting is the fact that the MACD, which is a slower moving momentum indicator. I mean, it's just barely into um, not oversold territory, and it's got a lot of room to run before it hits this red line, which is is kind of where we would consider um, the 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 sector, the mine stock sector, based on GDX to be overbought using the MACD indicator. So, um, if if the stars, if the fundamental and technical stars are all aligned, and I think they are, then I think I think there is a good possibility that this rally will continue. And again, um, part of it is going to be predicated on how the Fed postures, given the fact that financial conditions are so loose again, and the fact that the the interest rates at the longer end of the curve have come down dramatically. And that, that kind of goes against what the Fed is trying to do if it wants to continue slaying the inflation dragon. So, um, and that, that's kind of the, the cycle we've been in for the last 18 months where everyone gets excited for Fed rate cuts and everything moves higher. And then either a bad inflation number comes out or, or um, Jay Powell decides to rain on the parade and, and gives a speech where he's He's saying rates are staying higher for longer. We're not done hiking. And boom, everything sells off again. And that very well could happen. I don't know if it'll happen during the holiday period, because I'm sure these guys want consumers to lever up and spend as much as they can to save the holiday retail season. But, um, you know, that's a risk. And and so and that that's what can can throw a monkey wrench in in my view that I think we are headed higher for longer. Um, 
but you know, I guess we'll know when we know. One more indicator I, I did want to mention that is giving me um, some optimism, and that is the, the junior microcap stocks, the project development companies. Um, those stocks have been like comatose for probably really since August of 2020. Um, and, you know, except on a select basis, some, some of the stocks have, have done well. Um, but a lot of the ones, especially the ones that I look at, I'm all of a sudden like really jumped. Uh, Cabral Gold is one that I've been pounding the table furiously on in my, my mining stock journal. Uh, that's up 75% since mid, mid October. And they just released more good news today. And, and it, it had a nice move higher today. Um, uh, Paramount Gold is another one that I've just been pounding the table till my fist is bleeding because it's a stupidly cheap uh, company or stock. It's 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 on the cusp of getting a permit to build a mine in, believe it or not, in in the state of Oregon, and they've they've got they've gone over all the hurdles, and the only thing that's happening now that the the, the state has been given the directive to start writing the permits. Now, of course, that doesn't mean they're done because they're not done until they're done. But if this, <laughs> if they do get that permit, the stock will triple very quickly from where it is. And it, it's actually up 33% in just the last two days. So maybe some other people are starting to catch on to how cheap the stock is relative to what they have. So um, I, my point here is that when we start to see the junior mining stocks, the micro caps start to move, that tells me that there's less concern about downside risk in the sector and less concern about gold and silver taking a big hit for some reason. And it tells me that there's a more speculative tenor with respect to, to the whole precious metal sector. And so, you know, again, it, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it's, it's worth keeping an eye on because as I, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, there's no rush like a gold rush. And if you do it right, you can make a lot of money on, on these stocks. But of course, as I always say, first and foremost, put at least 50% of your investable wealth into physical gold and silver that you safe keep yourself. So with that, I'd just like to mention that my newest issue of the Mining Stock Journal will be released this afternoon after the market closes. And I talk about the news on Cabral Gold plus several other stocks. I update and, and, and give my recommendations on them, trading and investing. And you can learn more about my newsletter at investmentresearchdynamics.com. So until next time, have a good time and enjoy this rally while it's happening. And hopefully it'll last a lot longer.